Are the rumours true that this is out with the flooring porter betting syndicate that we were... They're trying to, to hide the money here, Will. That's what yeah. they're trying to do now. I can either <laughs> confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Subscribe to the Hurling Pod feed on the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Hey there, welcome along. Monday evening, Joe with you this evening. Leinster, Munster Talk and the Women's Six Nations with Jerry Thornley and Liam Toland. That's on the way on Monday Night Rugby after 8 o'clock. Pat Nevin on the football show then. Title Decider Countdown is very much on. We have Manchester United misery continuing and Arsenal in action this evening looking to reclaim fourth spot from Spurs. And of course, David Clifford the player of his and we suspect increasingly several other generations Billy Joe Patton is with us on Kerry's All-Ireland to Lose at half past seven five three one zero six. the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter we'll do the hurling tomorrow with Tommy, Tommy uh, Welch where we'll discuss Waterford's All-Ireland to Lose Richard McCormick evening uh, you're, you're underselling Kerry and, and David Clifford a bit there Joe if you're uh, best of his generation and an All-Ireland to Lose they're not set up to fail at all there. I'm, uh, I'm investing in the Clifford Kerry stock. To that end, Richie, we had a special request this afternoon. It came from on high. Own Sheehan with us to unofficially accept the 2022 All-Ireland on behalf of Kerry this evening. Own, oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Nice one. Thanks very much, Joe. Cheers, Richie. Really appreciate it. Great to be here. How does it feel? Feels good. I mean, uh, National Leagues uh, don't come along very often except for half of it last year and the full thing the year before which don't really count but uh, uh, I, d- I don't know like this is I mean everybody's going to just get so much joy out of Kerry's collapse if it happens this year right this, this is the subtext to all of this everybody <laughs> realises that they, deep down they loved seeing Tyrone ambush Kerry last summer and they want to see the same thing again this year because Kerry will be built up to an even bigger height this year I suspect You know what might swing the neutral though uh, genuinely is David Clifford the boy mm. wonder is just that wonderful 1-6 yesterday like I said he's certainly already the player of his generation and there's going to be a case made for several other besides if he keeps going on this current trajectory it was just again wonderful and he's got this distinctive gait and style and it's all very much his own and the sky's the limit here I mean we really could be talking about this guy as the best player any of us will have seen and that's a hyperbole of course but um, you know as, as glorious as I don't know who, who, if we're going back to various generations you can take your pick from a few Dublin players and then I suppose the mantle goes to Gooch and before that Peter Canavan and I really don't think it'll be too much of a stretch to say in a decade if Clifford keeps going like this that you will have uh, exceeded uh, all before him and I never thought I'd really be talking in those terms about Gooch, for instance, like you just, you know, whoever you're, whoever's coming, you just have a Gooch on a par with. My uh, my childhood is being destroyed by David Clifford here, basically. Uh, my, my Gooch memories that the greatest player I've ever seen is yeah. David Clifford's just coming along and ripping that uh, to shreds already. And I do think that you've got to wait for an All-Ireland to happen before you can start talking about him in those terms, only because he's from Kerry and that's the only way he's going to be judged. Uh, like I think maybe in, in the, the path of Morris Fitzgerald, I think that maybe the jury was not out, but still I think his legacy was cemented from 97 uh, and 2000. Uh, Gooch obviously was winning All-Irelands very early on. But what's really interesting is that Clifford is part of a generation of forward and leading it that have changed the game completely over the last little while where they are 
so explosive that they completely destroy defences on their own from open play. His statistics from open play are going to go down uh, historically, I suspect, in a few years' time. And I think that's probably why a lot of people invited the, the Con O'Callaghan versus David Clifford comparisons a couple of years ago when, when Con was fit and firing on all cylinders because both of these kids were doing something that was truly unique, that they were not tapping freeze over. Not that anybody taps freeze over, but that they weren't padding their statistics, to, to use a very harsh phrase. They were destroying their man from open play and just putting up wondrous scores, again, from open play. And I think that's what really makes it all very special. Yeah, I feel like uh, none of his teammates, Richie, were making contact with Pora Gohora for much of the game yesterday. No, 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 you're doing good. You're doing good. The 1v1 thing is working out well. Yeah, it's... um. It's one of those ones, and God, that these these days are kind of piling up upon themselves from Mayo, whereby they'll look back at them and think, yeah, if we just done that, then maybe. But I think Kerry were that good yesterday. I don't think anybody, even on their best day, probably would have touched them, uh, regardless of, of, of what kind of form they're in. But yeah, it's that interesting question about Clifford, because I don't think he will be. Like, I know there's people probably screaming at you at the minute in terms of talking about him as one of the greats, because there is a sense that there, that talent... And uh, all of that ability needs to be capped with an All-Ireland. And until that happens, I think a lot of people will talk about him uh, not necessarily as being in, like regardless of the stats and regardless of what we can literally see in front of us. There are some people who will say that he's not at that level until he actually has a Celtic cross in his back pocket. Mm. Now, thankfully for him, he has just turned 23. So he is going to win several All-Irelands, I would wager at this stage. And this year, Owen, I mean, to score 319 at Crow Park against a Division One side like Mayo and then to hold them to 13 points, either feet on its own would be pretty impressive. To manage both really catches the eye. This was a, a real statement performance. I mean, at, at this juncture, it does look like they're head and shoulders above the rest. What Jack O'Connor's done has been incredibly impressive. The defence is teak tough now and organised and they conceded just one goal from open play across the entire campaign and Paddy Talley's arrived in. And I, I was reading uh, Dermot Crowe, a piece in the Sunday Independent yesterday where he was talking to, for instance, uh, Stephen Sack, former Kerry player, and he was uh, suggesting that there wasn't maybe enough humility about Kerry players in previous years when they lost the ball and that all has all changed now. So you look at the defence, you look at the spine of the team, you look at the attack, you look at Clifford. Who's the bolter most likely to stop them? Tyrone, possibly again. Yeah. I think that maybe they've finished the league in, in good form. They've had a lot of players who've walked away from the panel and maybe that'll come home to roost as the Ulster Championship rages on. Uh, you're also kind of looking towards a, a Dublin charge and Kerry will meet Dublin in an All-Ireland semi-final if they both come through their provinces and they win their quarterfinals. That is the draw. And if Kerry have a soft enough route to that semi-final, you definitely give Dublin the puncher's chance of beating them, especially given the 15 players that they'll start with. The Mayo thing is obviously going to be a factor. I don't think anybody really thinks that's the real Mayo that we saw yesterday. They were bad in a 15-point defeat is concerning, but that's all it is. They have time. They have two weeks to Galway. That's the concern. Yeah. But beyond that, they'll still be alive even if they lose because they're obviously not in Division 3 or 4. So there's time for them to get it right. I, I'm not sure it's even it's even a, a bolter. It's a situation of who will stylistically match up with Kerry and and take them out, basically. But I do think that, that what you mentioned there, the new element to Kerry is actually more important than David Clifford this year. The, the Paddy Tally element. Like I, I've heard that players are uh, getting phone calls off him even outside of training sessions to, to discuss game plan and the way that he has taken some of these defenders and taken their collective level to a whole 
other standard is really remarkable. Like there was questions for Kerry at number one, at number three, at number six uh, at the end of last season. All those three positions have been locked down and in particular in the aftermath of yesterday, they seem to have been locked down. That is a huge leap forward for Kerry, league title or not. That is the one thing that they needed to sort out this year in the early throws of the spring. And they've absolutely nailed it. You have to hand it to, to Jack O'Connor and his management team. Yeah, he's a serial winner. Uh, we should get on with the news, Renz. is, as ever, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Richie, you're starting with the game yesterday. Yeah, Kerry put their poor recent record at Croke Park behind them to seal back-to-back Allianz League titles. David Clifford kicked 1-5 from play, 1-6 in total as the Kingdom beat Mayo 3-19 to 13 points. Before yesterday, Kerry had only won one of their previous 11 visits to HQ. While Roscommon will return to the top flight as Division 2 champions, they beat Galway by a solitary point yesterday with Anthony Cunningham saying that they too had a point to prove at Croke Park. Yeah, last weekend we had to win to get promoted. Mm-hmm. And this weekend we wanted a performance... You know, because last couple of times the guys didn't probably play up to their level in Crow Park. So the more times you play here, the better. And it builds confidence. And you'll see Mayo and Kerry and all the teams play well here. So we want to epitomise that and get up to that level. Oh, and I know you were at Croker yesterday. I was keeping an eye on that game in here in studio as well as doing other things. On several occasions, I looked up and the quality of point taking in this game, this Galway Roscommon game, was really eye catching. Some very stylish kicks. Oh, it, was, it was an incredible game and I'm pretty sure both teams played sweepers and the opposition attack just ignored it and each each set of forwards managed to come out on top. In particular, the Ross Common forwards, they were absolutely outstanding. Obviously, you had one Murta who was kicking points beforehand and then Dermot Murta comes off the bench to kick 1-1, including that brilliant goal. A couple of other forwards, Donny Smith had one of his better games I've ever seen in a Ross Common shirt. You had this brilliant battle around the middle third between Enda Smith and Kieran Malloy just following each other all around the pitch. And then for Galway, a couple of their forwards had a good game, but, but really their sharp shooter was, was Paul Conroy from midfield, who has turned himself into one of the best point takers playing in the middle third at the moment. An absolutely extraordinary performance from him. One of the best you're ever likely to see from a losing side in Croke Park. But Roscommon deserves serious credit because I had Galway maybe as a, as a better team than Roscommon on paper. And when Galway made that comeback yesterday, I was like, OK, form has evened itself out. The, the, the winners uh, will, will, will come home now and, and Galway will be lifting that trophy. But Roscommon said no. And I think that they were a real threat on the other side of that Ross on that Connacht draw this year, uh, Mayo and Galway obviously playing each other. Ross Common in a Connacht final, I presume, is going to be a very, very sticky prospect for either of those two teams. Yeah. Uh, somebody says, delighted for David Clifford. The sledging he received yesterday was unbelievably answered in the best way possible by destroying the Mayo defence. I hope that will end the abuse he gets at games in future, Connor in Limerick. I can tell you it won't. And somebody else says, you're not doing Clifford any favours. He hasn't won an All-Ireland yet. Excellent footballer that he is. Give the guy a chance. FFS. Well, I mean, sorry, I, Joe. Yeah, go on. Just on that first comment, mm. I, I I do think that like it's he does need to be protected to a certain extent, but he's well able to look after himself. And and there's some Mayo fans alleging that uh, Park O'Hara was well within his rights to give him uh, an earful yesterday. Let's 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 put it like that. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I think David Clifford, after what happened in Eden Dork in the league in 2020, when he got sent off after being sledged, he's learned the ropes at this point. He can look after himself at this point. He's a big fella. I would have limited sympathy on that front. And as Tommy Welch said on the show last week, DJ Carey used to answer his sledgers by making a count in the scoreboard. And that's exactly what Clifford will do. I think there's a little bit of two tangoing yesterday in Croke Park. Okay. Well, I mean, we've seen Clifford... Uh, several times over the last uh, year, 18 months, not least against Dublin, he's got plenty of niggle about him, plenty mm. of 
bite. This isn't, you know, Gooch being bullied by the Armagh boys. Like, he's more than holding his own. Like, he's a... I think you can misread sometimes a flair player or an attacking player as being uh, creative and not a cynical bone in their body. Like, he's got a fire about him, actually, which, you know, again, he's got the the full tapestry. well. Yeah, Anthony Moyes is making that point this morning as well, and I am saying he's no angel himself. And even like it, it touches on something I was I was talking to to Arthur and the team there just before the show. We were talking about the the Shane Warne book uh, on Warren by Gideon Haig, which if anybody hasn't read it yet, should. It's just an incredible bit of writing. But throughout that is peppered these stories of how Warren, who was the most incredible natural talent in terms of spin bowling, would just sledge the almighty god out of whoever was coming to the crease, and he would have certain targets that he knew he could probably get more change out of than others. And you're talking about people who are, you know, experienced and really good batsmen and had fantastic averages. And he, you know, still needed that little bit extra to to get over the line and to maybe create a little bit of uncertainty in their heads. And, and, and you know, it, it's all part and parcel. Once it doesn't overstep a line, I think it's it's fine. But yeah, yeah um, you, you need that kind of edge, I think, in the game. I also think on the texture saying, I'll give it a chance. He has, you know, before you blow him up too much, he hasn't even won in All-Ireland. I don't fully subscribe to the notion that we can only judge greatness by dint of how many All-Irelands are won. Like, I don't think any less of Morris Fitzgerald in the pantheon of great, great players because he has won All-Ireland. I mean, his greatness was just so self-evident. If David Clifford somehow kept producing this kind of form and didn't win in All-Ireland, you're telling me he's still not one of the greats? Of course he is. Mm. I, think, I think maybe the, the Kerry thing is the context there, is it? That's that's just the, the judgment for any player from Kerry I think but every is, year is a disaster is, is Morris though like not the poor relation with one of Ireland and yet could he be held in higher esteem well I, I think actually because he came through the uh, in inverted commas famine of 86 <laughs> to 97 and actually led yeah. them to 97 and was there of course in 2000 as well obviously as well he's got his he's got a second All-Ireland true, and true. I, I think that that maybe m- makes it a little bit further I, I, I think that that's he, he was clearly head and shoulders the best player at that team whereas this Kerry team is different like Sean O'Shea wasn't even playing yesterday and he could arguably be the second best player in the country or at least the second best forward in the country there's a number of other players there as well like Gavin White for example I mean we, we saw a glimpse of him for the first time in a while yesterday absolutely electric arguably the, 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 the answer to, to Jack McCaffrey in a post Jack McCaffrey world so this Kerry team is absolutely star studded is the, the the wider picture here and that is why there is an expectation on Clifford as well because he's just part of it and that, that just allows him to do his thing to an even greater extent yeah and there was actually I mean amidst all the uh, competitiveness and a bit of sledging and pushing there was a nice moment after the goal where Pora Gohora admitted defeat and just gave him a little pat which was mm. you know all all is fair <laughs> in, in those kind of moments as if to say yeah that was god damn it that was good there's only so much I can do here so Waterford meanwhile they also I mean akin to Kerry Richie we had the two league winners putting in uh, signature type performances here yeah, they warmed up for the start of the Munster Championship by claiming a first turning league title in a decade. They beat Cork 420 to 123 on Saturday evening with those goals taking their tally to 22 for the league campaign as a whole. Speaking to WLR after Saturday evening's game, Daisha boss Liam Callow was asked whether the emphasis on green flags was something they'd sought out. Yeah, well, we've, we've tried. To, it's, it's a work in progress um, over the last couple of years. We've tried really hard to... To, to, you know, you, you always look at the type of players you have at your disposal to work with and what suits them best. And you know, um, we've a good young team, good hurlers, and and are, are you know fairly athletic as as as, as we'll say. So it's the type of game that suits us. And, and when you know, when when, when you run hard and, and you you get that sweat across your head, like openings happen, and you know we have. We have forwards now with a bit of belief that when they get in on goal, they have a chance of, of a green flag. So we'll continue to try and 
improve that as we go along. I think Waterford are going to change the attitude across the game to goals and going for goals. It's bloody hard to stop someone in hurling if they turn and run towards the goal full speed. And more often than not, they find success. And Cahill has implemented that from day one. I mean, their motto in his first year was to go for it. And boy, are they going for it. And you can see year on year they get better at it. This team is serious. Like, this is Waterford's best chance of winning an All-Ireland in a very long time. They have so many marquee stellar players. You even think of the semi-final when Ozzie Gleeson was to the fore, uh, Desi Hutchinson was to the fore, and he, over the weekend, Gleeson is suspended. And they didn't appeal that suspension, which was telling. I think Cal was like, right, <laughs> what better way to get you humming for the summer? And equally, Hutchinson then was quiet by comparison with the semi-final performance. But in steps Stephen Bennett, for instance. And they're missing a few other big names as well. I mean, bring on the Limerick game. Yeah, I like I, I know it's bring on the Limerick versus Waterford game is what you mean there, but I think bring on Limerick versus Cork first day out because I still think that Limerick maybe have a gear that no other team in the country can get to. We'll probably have a fair idea after week one whether or not they're going to be able to get to that gear this year again or whether or not the league concerns were real. So we'll know week one, Limerick against Cork and Parky Cueve, obviously before Ed Sheeran takes over where Limerick are at. Uh, with regards to, to Waterford, what is it, nine goals in two games? And I think Golan Cormac and the examiner picked up on this is that all the goals, the technique was exactly the same at the weekend, where it was uh, hit it in the grass right, right in front of the keeper, that bounce that's very, very hard for a keeper to stop. It's clearly been a skill that they've worked on over the last little while. Tactically, they're taking that extra pass or, or going around the, the, the last line of defence a little bit more this year as well. It's a, a sense of aggression, which is clearly targeted at one thing and one thing only, which is Limerick. The only way to beat them is by getting four or five goals in a game. Yeah. Rich, then we have football here and obviously over in the Premier League tonight. Yeah, three games here at home tonight. Derry City can open up a six-point lead at the top of the SSE or Tristy Premier Division. The Candy Stripes away to the league's bottom side, UCD. And it's ninth place eighth in Bally Buffet with Finn Harps entertaining Drogheda United. In the first division, Athlone have just a solitary point of their name ahead of tonight's game away to Treaty United. And across the water, Arsenal can leapfrog above Tottenham to fourth in the Premier League table tonight. Michael Arteta's side across the Thames to play Crystal Palace and there's an 8pm start at Sellers Park. Yeah, I think Wayne Rooney's on Monday Night Football this evening which uh, might be worth a look in studio. They would he's be been asked about United a lot already judging by my Twitter. He's uh, He's been asked, he said Ronaldo, the Ronaldo thing hasn't worked. Paul Pogba should move on and Pochettino is his man to take over at United and not Ten Hag. Interesting. So uh, on uh, Arsenal this evening, they're looking to take fourth spot back from Spurs, who were brilliant against Newcastle. We touched on Matt Doherty in the Sunday paper review yesterday because he was speaking to the media and he was talking about his low point at Spurs, which came not shockingly under Jose Mourinho last year. And they had travelled to a game away to Aston Villa and Doherty was amongst those picked to travel and he was getting off the bus to go into the dressing room when Pearl Ledley King had to come up to him and say, actually, you're not in the squad and therefore you're not allowed into the dressing room because of COVID, so you have to stay on the bus. And Matt Doherty said, I was just sitting on the bus on my own. I was so close to getting in the car because we had an Irish get-together in Manchester for the international weekend. I didn't in the end. I decided I'd stay and watch the game and then go, I'm glad it wouldn't have been professional. And no disrespect to kids, but there were kids on that bench and there was a 16-year-old on the bench in his place. Mourinho sacked the following month did just occur to myself and Tommy Martin and Kieran Cunningham yesterday on the paper review own if this is how Mourinho is treating uh, pros of a certain stature in the dressing room it's no wonder he's been losing dressing rooms consistently for over a decade now yeah 
Jeez, I, I hadn't actually heard that or I don't think it was it was public knowledge until Matt already spoke about it over the last couple of days. You just have to feel absolutely delighted for the, the transformation because what would anybody else have done in that situation? It's sort of, I'd say it would have been a pretty screwedist mentality to a lot of people in, in that moment. But like Conte has clearly seen what Doherty can do. He's seen something similar to clearly what Stephen Kenny has seen over the last little while where Matt Doherty can play on the left or the right and obviously played on the left-hand side yesterday in the 5-1 win against Newcastle because I think maybe uh, Jose had him down as a, as a right-back and, and that was that really uh, whereas he's in a more advanced position this year got a goal uh, yesterday was it one assist maybe it was more than one assist yesterday on top of that and yeah, he's just been yeah. yeah he's just been absolutely sensational over the last little while Conte in fairness when he did come in you're thinking to yourself right who's going to be his Victor Moses this time could it have been Matt Doherty so it's not entirely unexpected but it is still one of the twists of the season which most Irish fans are just absolutely delighted to see he was saying as well in the same interview he's watching his diet closer now he says at home you don't dip into that sweet drawer and I'm sure everyone has. You know you're getting weighed before a game, and you know you've got some body fat testing coming up. You don't want to give you don't want to uh, give the manager any excuses. You want to be ready for him. So he seems like he's got everybody on their toes. No ketchup, of course, as well. Crucially, Antonio Conte. Uh, hey lads, Tiger at Augusta. Champions never forget how to win. Fifty to one. I'm on it, says Tony. Mm-hmm. I mean the Tiger Woods thing. Uh, the man has not lost his propensity for the dramatic. So he's at Augusta at the moment was playing the back nine uh, yesterday, certainly, and hitting shots. And according to various golf journalists on Twitter, hitting the thing bloody well, too. So it's just <laughs> incredible. The, the He's excitement making a game in your day voice. decision, is that what he said? Yeah, game day decision. Does that? Do you interpret that as Thursday morning? I, I, I interpret that as Thursday morning, yeah. I, I, he wakes up on Thursday morning, decides, you know what, feeling this hands his uh, whatever he needs to do into the office there in the cabin and says, away I go. Um, and you know what? He'll probably card a, respect- a respectable round um, for Thursday. Beyond that, that's where the question lies, you know, because, oh, geez, it's an awful slog, um, especially for somebody who hasn't played in as long as he has or hasn't, as it were. But yeah, God knows he's uh, he's taken all the attention away from everybody else in the lead up to this thing. Man. A month ago, if you said Tiger was playing Augusta, Phil Mickelson isn't. I mean, that's just, it's incredible. So, uh, well, we'll be talking about it on the show this week. Lawrence Donegan probably join us on uh, Wednesday to preview. But it does seem, based on the pictures, as if Tiger's swinging the club very, very well. And he's been walking around Augusta for the last few days. Richie, where are we going next? Uh, to Leinster, Andrew Porter and Ronan Kelleher could make their returns for the province in their Heineken Champions Cup tie with Connacht. Both have stepped up their training programmes this week, having suffered respective ankle and shoulder injuries during the Six Nations. Jordan Larmer is also back in the mix after missing the Six Nations with a hip injury. Leinster go to the sports ground on Friday before Connacht visit the Aviva seven days later. Uh, Louis van Gaal then. Yeah, sad news uh, about Louis van Gaal. He's been, uh, he's revealed even that he's battling prostate cancer. The seven-year-old is in his third spell as Netherlands head coach and is due to guide them to the World Cup in Qatar later this year. Van Gaal made the revelation in an interview with RTL last night and claimed his national team didn't know. The Dutch FA, the KNVB, refused to reveal today how long they've been aware of his condition, but Captain Virgil van Dijk said today that the news was indeed a shock. Uh, I was also in shock last night uh, when I... Um when I hear this, his, his interview, because obviously he's, he's getting his film um, out next week, so I was just I was just wondering how how he would would, would promote it a little bit and speak about this his, his life and and then obviously that was a was a big shock and I'm, obviously I messaged him after the, after the interview and um, but yeah it definitely says a lot about him. I, 
I said to him as well, he probably he's not that type of guy that needs a lot of sympathy. That's how he, he is. But um, I told him as well that we are definitely going to be there for him um, as a group whenever he needs it. Um, and hopefully we can also make it for him a, a World Cup to, uh, to never forget. Well, you wish him well. I hadn't quite had him pegged for 70, even though he's been around forever, so it's not a shock, but he's still just such a kind of forceful person and full head of hair and hasn't changed much in the last maybe 15, yeah. 20 years, really, in appearance. He was saying, mm-hmm. Van Gaal, in each period during my time as manager of the national team, I had to leave in the night to go to hospital without the players finding out until now. Uh, you don't die from prostate cancer, at least not in 90% of cases. It's usually other underlying diseases that kill you. But I had a pretty aggressive form, got treated 25 times. And then you have a lot of management to do in order to go through life. I did have preferential treatment in the hospital. I was allowed to go in through the back door when I had an appointment and was immediately pushed into another room. I've been treated wonderfully. So there you go, Owen. You wish him well. Oh God, absolutely. Like uh, as what you said, we kind of no idea about this until the last couple of days, and it's just strange timing considering Van Hal had been in the news quite a lot over the the last few weeks, and it seemed that he'd been one of the the real voices of of moral sense in terms of everything that's going on at the moment. You can't say anything but to to to, to wish him well over the next little while, and that Jesus to keep that completely secret from his players. That's absolutely incredible. Mm. Not even to, to 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 try and let that one out of the bag. Yeah. Rich, do you want to give us one last story, whatever you fancy? Uh, yeah, the GEA say the viable integration of the LGFA and the Camogie Association is central to their new strategic plan. The document sets forth the association's vision up to 2026. Director General Tom Ryan said today the plan is about future-proofing the association against whatever challenges may lie ahead. A mid-term review will be conducted in 2024. Okay. Richie, thanks, Mill. Nice and lads. Owen Sheen, congratulations on Kerry's winning the 2022 All-Ireland. Well done. Enjoy. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.